we now have proof that certain hospitals are actually surgically transitioning kids. We're talking about minors, not adults. The FBI possibly interfered with the 2020 election, and we actually take a look at the affidavit that led to Trump's house being raided. I'm your host, Zach, and this is Zach's Fact Shack. Hello, and welcome back to Zach's Fact Shack. Guys, I know what you're thinking. I already have all the Georgia gear behind me. Why in the world did I put on a Georgia outfit? Well, that's because we play the Oregon Ducks on Saturday at 3.30 on ABC. I had the graphic up here for you. The Chick-fil-A kickoff game. It's always amazing. But guys, I'm sorry. I had to go ahead and talk about this now and get it out of the way. We're playing Oregon. It's going to be a tough game. I can't wait for it. I do think that Georgia is not just going to pull out a win. I think they're going to have a decisive win. You know, everybody's going to say, well, you're a homer. You're supposed to think that. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that is what it is. And I'm just, it's all wishful thinking. But we will find out at 3.30 on Saturday, we're going to go back and we're going to look at, we're going to be able to watch this game. It's finally college football season. We've waited for months for this, and it's finally here. I am not going to waste my time worrying about what you think. I'm just going to enjoy the sport. Now, let's go ahead and make sure that this is out of the way, that you you know what's going on. You need to let people know about this show. I have I have run into so many people this week that are saying, hey, where can I get your podcast? I keep people hearing people talk about it, but I don't know where to look for it. Guys, I need you to help me with that. Let everybody know where to find me. The best place you can find me is going to be at zachsfactshack.com. Z-A-C-H. That H is important. My uh, Growing up, my mom always said that my name was not Zachary. Uh, it was Zachary, but she still spelled it with an H. I don't understand, but it's there. She would always short my name to Z-A-C, but it always looked incomplete to me. So my name is Zach with Z-A-C-H, all right? That's my name, Zach's factshack.com. That's where you're going to find me. But guess what? We've added another location for you to see us and be able to watch us. We're not just on your favorite podcast players in Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher. We're there still. Don't worry. But we've added YouTube where you can watch me and my beautiful face. I always joke that I have the face, a face fit for radio. And maybe that's the case. Um, but you get to look at it anyway if you so choose because we're on YouTube. We've now added Rumble as a new upcoming site. I figured I'd go ahead and put the information up there. You know, it is what it is. The more places people can get to see this show and get this information, the better. Because again, we're not looking for a partisan thing. We're looking for the truth, and that's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to push for. And it's with your help, guys. It really is. Letting people know about this show and what we're talking about, that's you. I can only do so much. It is you guys who are helping to make this happen. I don't put a cent into advertising. And honestly, it doesn't look like I need to because y'all are pushing this show to grow. And it's it's amazing to watch. Each each week, we, go, we just get a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And it really is mind-blowing. And I wanted to thank you guys, but there's so much more we can do. We can meet so many more people and it's up to you. So go ahead, hit like, subscribe, 
Comment if you're on YouTube. Let us know what you see, what you think. That's going to make the algorithm share the videos more readily. Let us know what you think, what your opinion is on the stuff that we're about to talk about. Now, let's go ahead and get into our first story. And boy, is it a doozy. So I don't try to talk about the same thing over and over again. I do try to make this different. But where we are in our culture right now, in our uh, society, we are dealing with some pretty big and important things, and we're dealing with them pretty loudly. Um, On one side, you know, you have the Republicans and those who lean with them, the, the, the more conservative right uh, on the other side, you have the Democrats and those who lean with them, the more liberal left, um, even progressing into socialist left. Uh, those are the two kind of sides to most everything. And, whether, and what's annoying about it is that in a lot of cases, it's not a right or left thing. It's a right or wrong thing. And those don't necessarily line up on the political spectrum as we know it. And yet we still have to look at our political overlords, I guess, and determine which one of you approves of this or doesn't. And everything that we do now seems to be pushed through the lens of politics. Now, some people would argue that this party did that or that party did that. And the reality is they both did because neither party is going to have as much power as they do now unless they have us at each other's other's throats. Now, with that said, I've already told you, I am a conservative. I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I will vote for either candidate if I think that they will uphold conservative principles that I believe are correct. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't vote one party more often than the other simply because they line up with what I want closer. I do not begrudge people doing that. You it, you need to vote your conscience whenever you vote. Don't listen to me and what I say and don't listen to my opinion. It's just up to you guys. You need to do this. But what we're about to talk about is honestly a huge blight on the Democrats' record. And there are many that you can put there. Now, I know a lot of people on, on, the, on the left would say that there are many re- blights you could put on the Republicans, and that's fine. You can say that that's fine. But what we're talking about today is disturbing and disgusting on the level of slavery. This is, this is an evil thing that we're going to discuss today that is happening in our country and in our society today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, hopefully not, but today, right now, in the moment that you can change what is going on, that's when it's happening. It's not going to be down the road for your children to take care of. It's not in the past where your parents were going to take care of it. This is now on us to deal with. You know, I love the uh, Lord of the Rings the, one of my coworkers will say it's overrated. It, he's absolutely wrong. Incredible movies, incredible book. But here's what one of my favorite things that are said by, by the character Gandalf, and I'm not going to be able to quote it perfectly, 
Um, but it's the idea of uh, Frodo says to him that I wish this had never come to me, referring to the ring and the time that he was in and the, the just darkness that was there. And Gandalf says, so do all people who live to see such times. But that's not your choice. You only get to choose what you do with the time that is given to you. I wish that what we're about to talk about had not come in my time, had not come to me to deal with, but it has. So we're going to deal with it because I am going to choose to do what is right with the time that has been given to me. That's where we're going to get into. And what I mean by this, I've been kind of vague. I mean, I told you about it in, in the opening segment, but I wanted to, I want to talk about this. So you've, I've brought up many uh, tweets and videos that have been uh, brought up by the um, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, Twitter account known as Libs of TikTok. And all that she does is she takes things that are being stated by Libs the left on TikTok or on social media in general. And she just puts it out there for everyone to see. Because a lot of the things that she brings up, nobody knows are going on, right? It's the idea of the, the people in Germany during the Holocaust. They made the statement, we had no idea. We didn't know. Whether they did or not, I am not here to judge. I'm not here to say that. But they had the argument we didn't know. Libs of TikTok has taken, taken it upon herself to make sure that we do not have that excuse, that we don't get to say we didn't know. Mangala butchered children in the name of science during the Holocaust. And here we are again doing the exact same thing in the name of science and inclusion. That's what we're back to. What do I mean? Well, what I mean is that the libs of TikTok account was permanently locked, or at least locked for now, um, when after she posted a video that contained audio from a phone call to the Children's National Hospital asking whether they did um, gender-affirming hysterectomies on minors. The audio that she put on in here with subtitles, I'm going to play it in just a second. The audio that she puts in here infuriated the left. How dare you put this out there? Because she had been making different statements and claims saying that minors were getting transitional surgery and the left was saying that's a bunch of lies. You're lying about this. And so now when she finally had the proof of it, she was banned from Twitter. Her posts are still there, but she's locked out and can't do anything uh, to post anything else because of she violated her hate conduct from Twitter. The thing is, it gave no reason. It just said violated hate conduct, but didn't state any tweet, any video, anything that she had done. It didn't give her any information to be able to even go and delete anything to be able to get back into the account. Nothing. She's completely in the dark on this. So the only thing we have is to assume that what I'm about to play for you is what actually got her locked out. Now, 
this is going to be a phone call that uh, it's, a, it's a woman acting as though she has a 16-year-old daughter who wants to transition to be a man, and she's looking to have gender-affirming hysterectomy. Now, if you, if you wanted to know this, that is sterilization of her daughter. That's what she's asking for right here and right now in this clip. And then you will have a series of people from the hospital answering this question as she's kind of shuffled down the line. And I want you to listen to it, so, so pay close attention. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see the subtitles, and it will explain a little bit better about what's going on. So I would recommend you go there and watch it. But listen to this clip nonetheless. Thank you for calling National Hospital. Your call may be recorded for quality assurance. I was calling uh, for information about gender-affirming hysterectomies. I've been in touch with quite a few hospitals, um, and a lot of them, well, they said they won't do it for for my 16-year-old, and then I was told that this hospital might, and I also saw it on your website. Um, So if you guys do uh, do it for a 16-year-old, I would be happy for, you know, to come for a consultation or whatever it takes. Let me get you over to the operator and i hate to transfer you i just i just need to want to know if if you guys do service that age you know before obviously before coming you know coming all the way for an in-person consult and going through all the paperwork well, and everything yeah it depends and each department is different some some departments cut off at 18 how old, how old is your patient 16 okay all right so they're in the clear i'll email the um got the call and See what we can. Right. In the meantime, if you still want me to transfer you, I can still transfer you to surgery. She's transferred over. Hi, I was calling um, because I'm looking for information about the gender affirming hysterectomies that you guys offer. Am I in the right place? Okay. Yes. Um, this is the clinic. Did you want to make an appointment? So I was just wondering. I've. I've contacted quite a few hospitals already. Um, it seems like it's difficult to find one that does the operation um, for my 16-year-old, and I was told that you guys do do that. Um, so if you do it for 16-year-olds, then yes, I'd love to schedule um, an appointment, a consultation, whatever you need. If, if you don't mind me asking, um, what is your child gender change into? So I can point you to the right direction. Yeah, well, he transitioned to a male. You know, he already had the top surgery, um, and now we're looking for the hysterectomy. Okay, beautiful. So I'm going to transfer you to the GYN nurse line. One of the nurses will give you a call to give you more information and to let you know the steps and the protocol that they do for that, Okay. Okay. So, so they do. So they would do it um, for at for that age. Yes. Okay, great. Is it a common procedure that you guys do for for that age? Yes. Um, we have um all different type of age groups that comes in for that. For the gender for the hysterectomy. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Just out of curiosity, do you know, like, what's the youngest age you would do it on? I'm not sure, but I have seen younger kids. And I'm not, you know, due to hip, I'm not allowed to say that, but I have seen younger kids. 
younger than your child's age. Get the gender affirming hysterectomy surgery? Yes. Okay. Um, Okay. I really appreciate your help. So, there's now evidence and proof from that audio that Children's National Hospital offers not just hormone treatment for minors, but actual irreversible surgery. Actual irreversible sterilization of kids. She said that 16 was not the youngest person, that they do it routinely, that there are younger kids than 16. In what world is this okay? I've already talked to you about the transition and what that entails. I've talked about male to female transition and the butchery that that is. But the things that they do to females are no better. And in fact, there are horror stories of people who have done this so-called bottom surgery, this gender-affirming surgery, and they have had nothing but pain nothing but problems. In fact, this is a story that I'm putting up on the screen right now. I'm going to read to you for audio, but this is a story of a 21-year-old who's had a botched surgery. Let let me just read this to you. So this is is to Reddit. It says, help, reconstructive surgery, question mark. Hi. I'm a trans woman in Pennsylvania. I'm 21 years old and got my uh, vaginoplasty and breast augmentation done a few months ago by Kathy Rumor in Philadelphia. She screwed up big time, and I haven't been able to pee since March 22nd. I have been forced to use a suprapubic catheter. It hurts, and it doesn't, and, and I don't like having to use it, but I can't find any surgeon who can fix it so I can pee normally. I have Medicaid, so it would have to be somebody that accepts that. Honest to God, it hurts like hell, and I don't want to have any be here anymore. I can't run. I can't have sex or be active. It hurts whenever I drink anything because my bladder is so screwed up and I feel broken. I'd really appreciate it if somebody could help me find a reconstructive surgeon that Medicaid would cover in Pennsylvania. I'm just about done with this life. I hate being in pain every single day. And in six months and six months down the road, I still haven't found a surgeon to fix this. That is one of many stories for the outcome of transition surgery. Most people, in fact, will have some form of complication similar to this. For males, the wound that they inflict on themselves 
will constantly try to heal itself, will constantly ooze liquid that is trying to begin the healing process because it's a gaping hole in their body that should not be there. And unless they insert an object into this canal that has been created that goes nowhere, has no sensation and no feeling, unless they insert an object into this canal daily to stretch the canal back open, it will close itself. Our bodies were not designed this way. They were not designed to have these surgeries done. Now, I get it. I understand. There are times in our lives when things have to take place to save our lives. And in that case, those surgeries are more than warranted. But this is not saving a life. People argue that uh, people com- transgenders will commit suicide if they don't get these surgeries. Well, the reality is that the, sur- the, the suicide rate among transgenders before and after surgery are almost identical. There is no difference. And if you push real hard, you might be able to find an actual statistical increase after the surgery for this reason, for what we just talked about. This, this woman here who is having this surgery is, is saying that she, he, it, I'm not sure what to call them at this point, that they are not able to pee because of this surgery. They absolutely have lost function of their body the way it was supposed to be. All because a doctor was too much of a coward to say that this is not something that will help. The reality is that in any other mental disorder, we have never decided that appeasing that disorder was a good thing because it's not, it's a disorder. It is a dysfunction. And I have the utmost sympathy to the people who have to live with this disorder and this dysfunction and that their mind is lying to them daily. But it's not going to help them one bit if I lie to them as well. And yet here we do, we have doctors not only lying to patients, actively butchering their bodies, breaking their oaths to do no harm. Instead, we have them committing heinous acts in the name of inclusion and diversity and love and acceptance and science. Here's the thing. There's nothing scientific about this. Nothing. In fact, all the science that we do have points to the fact that this is butchery. And the doctors who perform it should be jailed. Now, I understand that there are probably doctors who are pushed to do it by their institutions. But here's the thing. You still have a say-so. You might lose your job, yes, but you have a say-so. You do not have to commit this atrocity on children, let alone adults. 
This should not be an option because it is wrong. The same way that starving your anorexic child should not be an option. You should not be affirming the belief of the child that they are overweight when they are clearly anorexic and malnourished. So why are we deciding that we should be pushing this belief that, that reinforcing this dysfunction, this disorder on kids or adults? It's not all darkness in this story. Though this particular one is dark. There are stories beginning to emerge of people who have seen reality and they have encountered a change. Sophia, I believe it's Sophia Gilman, hopefully I got that right, has basically, let me read you her story here. At 17 years old, Sophia, born female, made the decision to transition to become a man. She was led to believe that this would alleviate her gender dysphoria, which she since has realized was a result of, a, of deep trauma. But after two years of cross-sex hormone and replacement therapy from the age of 18 and a double mastectomy at the age of 18 or 19, she realized at 20 that her life was left severely worse than before. After deciding to detransition, she found no resources to help aid her, aid her in the tumultuous process. So after a year of attempting to move forward in, a little, in the little strength she had, she ultimately sur surrendered her life to the Lord. Through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, she has been able to experience true redemption and healing in a way she never could have dreamed possible. So her goal in establishing this organization is to help other detransitioners actualize this same redemptive power within their own lives. All of the glory to God. She understands from personal experience that true redemption of a life can only be found in Jesus Christ. She has she created the project called Rainbow Redemption Project, and it's a project designed to provide kingdom-minded resources to detransitioners with the ultimate goal of fully redeeming their lives through the transformative power of Jesus Christ. Whether you're a believer or not, whether you accept Christ as God or not, I think you can understand that this person has more right to speak than anybody else, according to our... Um, understanding of people being able to speak on a topic. She absolutely transitioned to be a male and then detransitioning to be, to be the female that she was born to be. And she is doing her dead level best to help people along that same path. I want you to hear, I want you to hear her quick little segment that I found on Twitter from her. Listen to this. But I would definitely say if I would have known about, about Jesus and what, you know, his, his love and his spirit is capable of from a young age. And even, even if 
at the time when I was struggling with gender dysphoria, if someone would have came up to me and say, Jesus could set you free of that, I would have yeah. never gone down the path that I went down. Yeah. So that's in her own words. She said she would never go down that path ever if she had known the love of Christ. And I put up the tweet here, the quote, it's actually Sophia Galvin, I'm sorry. Sophia Galvin is her name. And she was sharing the clip on Twitter, and that's where I found. She was with um, the, the Blaze is where she was being interviewed for that, where that audio clip came from, or that video clip came from. But, guys, this is what I'm talking about, that it comes down to us. That it comes down to us in the time that we live to choose with the time that is given to us. You see, for whatever reason, God determined that this was the place for us to be in this time, in this setting. I don't know what I am going to be able to do, what I'm going to be able to say, what change I'm going to be able to act into this world. But what I do know is this. I've been given an opportunity. I've been given a voice. A voice. I've been given a chance to help people, to care for people, to love people. And I can't miss that chance. Right now, I am calling on you as you watch or you listen to this to choose what you're going to do with the time that has been given to you. To push back on the darkness and the evil that our society and our culture are pushing and that is pervading through our daily lives. What are you going to do to end this butchery and to end this cycle of harm? I'm calling on you to join me And helping people to realize that this is not right. This is not okay. And to do this to women, to men, to children, to mutilate their bodies, to forcibly sterilize them, to irreversibly destroy their, their, their physical forms, is not okay. And it's time we stand up and let people know that because we love, because we love them, we stand up and say, this is not good for you. This is not okay. I am calling on the church to make a change, to no longer be passive and allow the things around us to happen because it doesn't affect me. Because I'm busy and I can't manage that. Because I have too many other things. It's time for the church to be the church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to move, to fight, to act, to push. It's time for us to stand up and say, enough is enough. And it's time to let people know that we are for them. It's time to let people know that there is more to life than this. There is more to life 
than the pain and the suffering and the loneliness and the depression and the fear that we all feel in some form or another throughout our life. It's time to act. It's time to decide what to do with the time that was given to you. Now, I don't really know how I'm going to move on from that because that honestly was deeper than I intended to go and more involved. But I want to continue on with the show and let you know what else I have come, on, come upon. All right. So, back in 2020, during the election cycle between President Trump, then President Trump and current President Biden, there was a story written and published by the New York Post about alleged emails that were allegedly belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, then presidential candidate Joe Biden. This took this story came out on October 14th. Now, the interesting thing about this story was that it was hidden from view by almost all of the major platforms. Twitter outright banned it. If you if you posted it, if you shared it, if you talked about it, you would be dealt with harshly, whether that was by banning or muting or blocking, however they wanted to do it, it was not going to be discussed in any way. Facebook was a little lighter handed in that they were, they kind of just, you could share it, but nobody really would see that you had shared it, right? So it was pretty much the same thing, but it sounds better, right? So the statement made by the New York Post, the headline says, Biden's secret emails revealed Ukrainian executive thanked Hunter Biden for, quote, opportunity to meet, end quote, VP dad. Now, this statement was corroborated by the alleged emails of Hunter Biden. We have since found that they were absolutely his emails, and it was absolutely his laptop that they were found on, and it was absolutely in the hands of of the FBI at the time of the publishing of this article, and that the FBI was aware of the contents, knew that they were real, and yet they still did what this next video talks about. So listen to this. How do you guys handle things when they're a a big news item that's controversial? Like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of – um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said, you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, what we do is we have, um, 
if something was reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be deciding what's true and false. And for the, I think it was five or seven days when it was basically being um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still share it. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's 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 meaningful. But I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously this is a hyper-political issues. So depending on what side of the political spectrum, you either think we didn't censor it enough or censored it way too much. But right. but we weren't sort of as black and white about it as, as Twitter. We just kind of thought, hey, look, if, if the FBI, which you know, I still view as a legitimate institution in this country, it's a very professional law enforcement, they come to us and tell us that we need to be on guard about something, then I want to take that seriously. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I, no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. So that that was the FBI coming to the to Facebook and to the Facebook executives and saying, "Look." There's going to be Russian propaganda that looks like this, and it's going to be in the near future. So you should not let that be that uh, get out and, and influence the election. Now, wouldn't you know that just a few days later, the New York Post would release this article claiming that the contents of this laptop that are, was in the hands of the FBI proved that not only had Hunter Biden been making money off the, the power of his vice presidential dad, but that his dad knew about it and had helped, which is entirely illegal. That was hidden from the American people weeks before the election because it would have swung the election towards Trump. Would it be enough? I'm not making that claim. But it would have swung the election towards Trump, period. The FBI, knowing that the story was about to come out and was true, it seems, this is conjecture on my part, it seems that they knew this story was about to be brought out, was about to be published, and that they were going to get ahead of it. They were going to get in front of it and make sure that it did not harm the candidate of their choosing. Now, you already know, I can't stand Trump. I don't like him. I don't want him to run. I want him to me meld into the background and leave me alone. That's what I want. But what I also want is that 
our elections to be free and fair and to not be manipulated by parts of the government. Not to be manipulated by the FBI. That's what I want. Doesn't look like I'm going to get that, though, does it? Because it's already happened. And there's nothing I can do about it. It looks as though the FBI, knowingly or unknowingly, meddled in the outcome of the election of 2020. Some on the right would say that, that, that I should go further and say that they knowingly uh, were going after Trump and they were trying to help Biden. Perhaps that is the case. Those on the left would say that they were knowing that, that they were attempting to stop lies from getting out about Biden. Perhaps. Though on that case, I would say that it seems as though what we know now would say that that was not their attempt because they knew they had this laptop with this information and that it was Hunter Biden's laptop. They knew this. And yet they still went ahead and they still did this and they still meddled in the election. So helping to... Um, get rid of disinformation doesn't seem to be the story, doesn't seem to be the reason behind what they did. Instead, it seems to me that perhaps it really was that they did not want Trump to win. And you can argue with you know whether that is what should have happened. You can argue with whether Trump was just that big of a threat to our democracy. You can argue that. I do not think that he was such a grave threat that breaking the law and removing the choice of the people was warranted. But I can also understand that if you thought that Trump was literally Hitler— that you would assume that it would be any means necessary to stop him. I would assume that. If I was put in 1930s Germany and knew that what Hitler was going to do, I would have done any means necessary to stop him from coming to in, into power. I understand that. I understand that that is the belief system that many people have. But the reality is, is I don't think that there's evidence to back that up. And you can say that I'm wrong, and that's fine. I just don't see the evidence to back that up. I don't know what you want from me, but that's just the way I see it. That's the way it is. In this case, it appears that the, 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 the FBI has yet again overstepped. They have yet again proven that they are no longer trustworthy as a department. Again, I'm not talking about the individual FBI agents. I'm not talking about them. I know, I know a couple. Amazing men. Amazing agents. They do their job. They love what they do. They fight hard for what is right. But guess what? They're not the ones making the policies. They're not the ones ad hoc making laws and rewriting statutes to get people 
get, make people guilty or make them innocent. That's not these people. They're simply following the laws, following the rules, doing their job. It's the leaders that I'm mad at. It's the Department of Justice that has so twisted its own existence into a political hit squad. That's who I'm mad at. I hope in future that Merrick Garland will be remembered for the absolute tyrant that he is. That he will go down in history as the worst attorney general this country has ever known. Because if he does, it means that we will have gotten much better than where we are now. A lot of this is my opinion, but here's what I want you to understand that is fact. What we do know is this. The FBI came to the social media big tech companies and said, that these things are going to be coming through and they're going to be Russian propaganda. You should hide them and remove them and do not let them be shared or posted. A few days later, information came out that was damning to one political candidate and it was immediately removed and hidden. We then find out that all of the information was absolutely true and was not Russian disinformation. It was genuine information that should have been given to the American people from the start. And the FBI caused that information to be hidden. They had the laptop for a couple of years, I believe. And the information came out to the New York Post only after it became clear that the FBI was not going to prosecute based on the information and the evidence that was on this laptop. That is what we do know. You can take the conjecture beyond that as to why they did it, what their motive was, what their goal was. That's your choice. You can decide that. But that is the information that we do know has actually taken place. Now, today is the final story I want to cover, and it's going to be a doozy, guys. I want to look at the actual affidavit that led to the raid on Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. We're going to read through this. Much of it is redacted. It's 38 pages. I will try to get through it very quickly and not repeat or stumble over my own tongue trying to read all of this. But I think that you deserve to have as much information as possible. And so far, I have not seen anybody else actually read the affidavit to people and let them see what it actually says. Instead, all I have seen is a bunch of people making statements and claims that isn't really fair to the document. I've seen a lot of people on the right saying that the entire document is completely redacted. It's entirely useless. You're going to find out today that that's not true. I've seen people on the left say that this is absolutely the nail in Trump's coffin and he is going to jail. I equally don't think that's true. Now, I don't know where this is all going to end up, but it would seem to me that reading the warrant and letting you guys hear it and what it actually says is going to be a good place for us to start. 
Now, I am going to put this on the screen with me so that people who are watching can read along uh, with me. I am going to try to explain to, to you in audio what I am seeing, what is happening, what's going on from there. But this is going to be really good for you to go to YouTube or Rumble and watch this. If you do, make sure to subscribe. Make sure you share those videos and let people know about it. I will be trying, I will put this segment of the show up independently so that you can share that that around as well. Now, let's get into this. Let's see what we can figure out. So, affidavit in support of an application under Rule 41 for a warrant to search and seize. I, redacted, being first duly sworn, hereby depose and state as follows. The introduction and agent background. The government is conducting a criminal investigation concerning the improper removal of storage and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces, as well as the unlawful concealment or removal of government records. The investigation began as a result of a referral to the United States National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, sent to the United States Department of Justice, DOJ, on February 9th, 2022, herein after NARA referral. The NARA referral stated that on January 18th, 2022, in accordance with the Presidential Records Act, PRA, NARA received from the office of former President Donald Trump, herein after F. POTUS, referring to former POTUS, via representatives, 15 boxes of records, here and after 15 boxes. The 15 boxes, which had an had been transported from former POTUS property of 1100 S Ocean Boulevard, Palm Beach, Florida, 33480, here and after the premises, a residence and club known as Mar-a-Lago. Further described in Attachment A were reported by NARA to contain, among other things, highly classified documents intermingled with other records. After an initial review of the NARA referral, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, opened a criminal investigation to, among other things, determine how the documents with classification markings and records were removed from the White House or any other authorized locations for the storage of classified materials and came to be stored at the premises to determine uh, whether the storage location at the premises were authorized locations for the storage of classified information, determine whether any additional classified documents or records may have been stored in an unauthorized location at the premises or other unknown location, and whether they remain at any such location, and identify any persons who may have removed or retained the classified information without authorization and or in an unauthorized space. The FBI's investigation has established that documents being classified bearing classification markings, which appear to contain national defense information, NDI, were among the materials contained in the 15 boxes and were stored at the premises in an unauthorized location. Redacted. Further, there is probable cause to believe that additional documents that contain classified NDI or that that are presidential records subject to record retention requirements currently remain at the premises. There is also probable cause to people that... uh, to believe that evidence of obstruction will be found at the premises. I am a special agent at the FBI with the FBI assigned to the Washington field office redacted. 
During this time, I have received training at the FBI Academy located in Quantico, Virginia, specific to counterintelligence and espionage, espionage investigations, redacted. Based on my experience and training, I am familiar with efforts used to unlawfully collect, retain, and disseminate sensitive government information, including classified NDI. I make this affidavit in support of an application under Rule 41 of the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure for a warrant which to search the premises known with the address as the premises as further described in Attachment A for the things described in Attachment B. Based upon the following facts, there are probable, probable cause, there is probable cause to believe that the locations to be searched at the premises contain evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other items illegally possessed in violation of 18 U.S.C. 793-159 or 2071. The facts set forth in this affidavit are based on my personal knowledge, knowledge obtained during this, my participation in this investigation, and information obtained from other FBI and U.S. government personnel. Because this affidavit is submitted for the limited purpose of establishing probable cause in support of the application for a search warrant, it does not set forth each and every fact that I or others have learned during the course of this investigation. Under 18 U.S.C., Whoever having unauthorized possession of access to or control over any documents or information relating to the national to national defense, which information the possessor has been has reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or to the advantage of any foreign nation, willfully communicates, delivers, transmits, or causes to be communicated, delivered, or transmitted, or attempts to do or cause the same to any person not entitled to receive it or willfully retains the same and fails to deliver it to the officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive it shall be fined or imprisoned not more than 10 years or both. The explanation of that is simply that if you have documents you shouldn't have that are dangerous and in, will cause injury to the nation, uh, and have uh, or have given to other people who are not entitled to receive it, you are guilty and shall be fined or imprisoned for not more than 10 years or both. Under Executive Order 13526, information in any form may be classified if it, one, is owned by, produced by, or for, or is under the control of the United States government. Two, falls within one or more of the categories set forth in the Executive Order top secret, secret, and confidential. And three is classified by an original classification authority who determines that its unauthorized disclosure reasonably could be expected to result in damage to the national security. Where such unauthorized disclosure could reasonably result in damage to the national security, the information may be classified as confidential. It must be properly safeguarded. Where such unauthorized disclosure could reasonably result in serious damage to the national security, the information may be classified as secret and must be properly safeguarded. Where an unauthorized disclosure could reasonably result in exceptionally grave damage to national security, the information may be classified as top secret and must be properly safeguarded. Sensitive compartment information, SCI, means classified information concerning or derived from the intelligence sources, methods, or an uh, analytical pro processes, which is required to be handled within formal access control systems. 
Special Intelligence, or SI, is an SCI control system designed to protect technical intelligence information derived from the monitoring of foreign communications signals by, by other than the intended recipients. The SI control system protects SI-derived information and information relating to SI activities, capabilities, techniques, processes, and procedures. Human Control System, or HCS, is an SCI control system designed to protect intelligence information derived from clandestine human sources, commonly referred to as human intelligence. The HCS control system protects human intelligence derived information and information relating to human intelligence activities, capabilities, techniques, processes, and procedures. Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, or FISA, is a dissemination control designed to protect intelligence information derived from the collection of information authorized under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act by the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, or FISC. Classified information may be marked as not releasable to foreign nationals, governments, U.S. citizens, abbreviated no foreign, to indicate information that may not be released in any form to foreign governments, foreign nationals, foreign organizations, or non-U.S. citizens without permission of the originator. Classified information may be marked as originator-controlled, abbreviated ORCON, This marking indicates the dissemination beyond pre-approved U.S. entities requires originator approval. Classification or classified information of any designation may be shared only with persons determined by an appropriate United States government official to be eligible for access and who possesses a need to know. Among other requirements, in order for a person to obtain a security clearance allowing that person to access the classified United States government information, that that person is required to and must agree to properly protect classified information by not disclosing such information to persons not entitled to receive it by not unlawfully removing classified information from, from authorized storage facilities and by not storing classified information in unauthorized locations. If a person is not eligible to receive classified information, classified information may not be disclosed to that person. In order for a foreign government to receive access to classified information, the originating United States agency must determine that such release is appropriate. Pursuant to Executive Order 13526, classified information contained on automated information systems, including networks and telecommunication systems that collect, create, communicate, compute, disseminate, process, or store classified information must be maintained in a manner that, one, prevents access by unauthorized persons, and two, ensures the integrity of the information. 32 CFR Parts 2001 and 2003 regulate the handling of classified information. Specifically, 32 CFR 2001.43, entitled Storage, regulates the physical protection of classified information. This section describes the secret and top-secret information shall be stored in a General Services Administration-approved security container, a vault built to federal standard FHD STD 832, or an open storage and construction in accordance with 2001.53. It also requires periodic inspection of the container and the use of an intrusion detection system, among other things. There's a lot to read here, guys. Under 18 U.S.C. 15... 
19, whoever knowingly alters, destroys, mutilates, conceals, covers up, falsifies, or makes a false entry in any record, document, or tangible object with the intent to impede, obstruct, or influence the investigation or proper administration of any matter within the jurisdiction of any department or agency of the United States or any case filed under Title 11 or in relation to or contemplation of any such matter or case shall be fined under this title, imprisoned not more than 20 years or both. Under 18 U.S.C. 2071, whoever willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, or destroys, or attempts to do so, or with the intent to do so, takes and carries away any record, proceeding, map, book, paper, document, or other thing filed or deposited with any clerk or officer of any court of the United States or in any public office or with any judicial or public officer of the United States shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both. Whoever having the custody of any such record, proceeding, map, book, document, paper, or other thing willfully and unlawfully conceals, removes, mutilates, obliterates, falsifies, or destroys the same shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years or both and shall forfeit its office and be disqualified from holding any office under the United States. As used in this subsection, the term office does not include the office held by any person as a retired officer of the armed forces of the United States. Under the PRA, 44 U.S.C. 2201, the term presidential records means document, documentary materials or documentary materials or any reasonably segregable portion thereof created or received by the president, the president's immediate staff, or a unit or individual of the executive office of the president whose function is to advise or assist the president in the course of conducting activities which relate to or have an effect upon the carrying out of the constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties of the president, such term, A, includes any documentary materials relating to the political activities of the president or members of the president's staff, but only if such activities relate to or have a direct effect upon the carrying out of constitutional, statutory, or other official or ceremonial duties of the president. But B, does not include any documentary materials that are one, official records of any of an agency, as defined in Section 552E of this type of Title V, United States Code. Two, personal records. Three, stocks of publications and stationery. Or four, extra copies of documents produced only for convenience of reference when such copies are clearly so identified. Under 44 U.S.C. 3301A, government records are defined as all record recorded information regardless of form or characteristics made or received by a federal agency under federal law or in con- connection with the transaction of public business or preserved or appropriate for and preserved or appropriate for preservation by that agency or its legitimate successor as evidence of the organization functions policies decisions procedures operations and other activities of the United States government or because of the informational value of data in them probable cause nara referral 
On February 9th, 2022, the special agent in charge of NARA's office of the Inspector General sent the NARA referral via email to DOJ. The NARA referral stated that according to NARA's White House Liaison Division Director, a preliminary review of the 15 boxes indicated that they contained newspapers, magazines, and printed news articles, photos, miscellaneous printouts, notes, presidential correspondence, personal and post-presidential personal and post-presidential records, and a lot of classified records. Of most significant concern was that highly classified records were unfoldered, unfoldered, intermixed with other records, and otherwise improperly identified. On February 18, 2022, the archivist of the United States, Chief Administrator for NARA, stated in a letter to Congress's Committee on Oversight and Reform Chairwoman, the Honorable Carly B. Maloney, Carolyn B. Maloney, NARA had an ongoing communication communications with the representatives of former President Trump throughout 2021, which resulted in the transfer of 15 boxes to NARA in January 2022. NARA had identified items marked as classified national security information within the boxes. The letter also stated that because NARA identified classified information in the boxes, NARA staff has been in communication with the Department of Justice. The letter was made publicly available at the following uniform resource locator URL. There, that's URL right in front of you. I'm not going to read it. On February 18th, 2022, the same day, the Save America Political Action Committee posted the following statement on behalf of former POTUS. The National Archives did not find anything that were given, they were given upon request presidential records in an ordinary and routine process to ensure the preservation of my legacy and in accordance with Presidential Records Act. An image of the statement is below. There you go. Redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph. Boxes containing documents were transported from the White House to Mar-a-Lago, according to a CBS Miami article titled, quote, moving trucks spotted at Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago in End quote. Published Monday, January 18th, 2021, at least two moving trucks were observed at the premises on January 18th, 2021, two days before he moved. The remainder of the paragraph is redacted. Redacted paragraph. Redacted paragraph. Redacted photo. Redacted paragraph. Redacted paragraph. Redacted paragraph. Redacted paragraph. Redacted paragraph. Provision of the 15 boxes to NRA. Redacted paragraph. On or about May 6, 2021, NARA made a request for the missing PRA records and continued to make requests until approximately late December 2021 when NARA was informed 12 boxes were found and ready for retrieval at the premises. The remainder of the paragraph is redacted. Redacted paragraph. 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 Redacted photo? The 15 boxes provided to NARA contain classified information. From May 16 to 18, 2022, FBI agents conducted a preliminary review of the 15 boxes provided to NARA. A preliminary triage of the documents with the classification markings revealed the following approximate numbers. 184 unique documents bearing classification markings, including 67 documents marked as confidential, 92 documents marked as secret, 25 documents marked as top secret. Further, the FBI agents observed markings reflecting the following compartments, dissemination control, HCS, FISA, ORCON, NOFORN, and SI. 
Based on my training and experience, I know the documents classified at these levels typically can contain NDI. Several of the documents also contained what appears to be former POTUS's handwritten notes. Redacted paragraph. 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 Redacted sentence. In the second such letter, which is attached as Exhibit 1, former POTUS Council 1 asked DOJ to consider a few principles, which include former POTUS Council 1's claims that a president has absolute authority to declassify documents. In this letter, former POTUS Council 1 requested, among other things, that DOJ provide this letter to any judicial officer who is asked to rule on any motion pertaining to this investigation or on any application made in connection with any investigation investigative request concerning this investigation. I am aware of an article published on Breitbart on May 5th, 2002, available at the link, which states Cash Patel, who is described as a former top, former POTUS administrative official, characterized as misleading reports in other news organizations that NARA had found classified materials among records that former POTUS provided to NARA from from Mar-a-Lago. Patel alleged that such reports were misleading because former POTUS had declassified the materials at issue. Sentence redacted. Paragraph 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 redacted. On June 8, 2022, DOJ counsel sent former POTUS counsel one a letter which reiterated that the premises are not authorized to store classified information and requested the preservation of the storage room and boxes that had been moved from the White House to the premises. Specifically, the letter stated in relevant part. As I previously indicated to you, Mar-a-Lago does not include a secure location authorized for the storage of classified information. As such, it appears that since the time classified documents redacted, were removed from the secure facilities that the White House had moved to Mar-a-Lago on or around January 20th. They have not been handled in an appropriate manner or stored in an appropriate location. Accordingly, we ask that the room at at Mar-a-Lago where the documents had been stored be secured and that all boxes that were moved from the White House to Mar-a-Lago along with other items in that room be preserved in that room in the current condition until further notice. Footnotes. On June 9, 2022, former POTUS Council 1 sent an email to DOJ Council stating, I write to acknowledge the receipt of this letter. Redacted. Redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph. Oh, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph. Several redacted paragraphs. Redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph. There is probable cause to believe that documents containing classified NDA and presidential records remain at the premises. Classified, or sorry, redacted paragraph. Redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph, redacted paragraph. Based upon this investigation, I believe that the storage room, former POTUS's residential suite, Pine Hall, the 45 office, and other spaces within the premises are not currently authorized locations for the storage of classified information or NDI. Similarly, based upon this investigation, I do not believe that any spaces within the premises have been authorized for the storage of classified information at least since the end of POTUS's presidential administration on January 20, 2021. As described above, evidence of the subject offenses has been stored in multiple locations at the premises. Redacted paragraph. Accordingly, this affidavit seeks 
authorization to search for the 45 office in all storage rooms and any other rooms or locations that bo- where boxes or records may be stored within the premises as further described in attachment A. The premises is currently closed to club members for the summer. However, as specified in attachment A, if at the time of the search, there are areas of the premises being occupied, rented, or used by third parties and not otherwise used or available to be used by former POTUS and his staff, the search would not include such areas. Conclusion. Based on the foregoing facts and circumstances, I submit that probable cause exists to believe that evidence, contraband, fruits of crimes, and other items illegally possessed in violation of 18 U.S.C. 793E2771 or 1519 will be found on the premises. Further, I submit that this affidavit supports probable cause for a warrant to search the premises described in Attachment A and seize the items described in Attachment B. Request for sealing. It is specifically requested that this court issue an order sealing until further order of the court all papers submitted in support of this application, including the application and search warrant. I believe that sealing this document is necessary because the items and information to be seized are relevant to an ongoing investigation, and the FBI has not yet identified all potential criminal confederates nor located all evidence related to its investigation. Premature disclosure of, this, of, of the contents of this affidavit and related documents may have a significant and negative impact on the continuing investigation and may severely jeopardize its effectiveness by allowing criminal parties an opportunity to flee, destroy evidence, store electronic and otherwise, uh, electronically and otherwise, change patterns of behavior and notify criminal confederates. The following procedures will be followed at the time of the search in order to protect against disclosures of attorney-client privileged material. Basically, what's going to happen is that they're going to uh, have two teams that are searching. You're going to have the assigned team to the case, and you're going to have a team that's not assigned to the case, doesn't know anything about the case. They're going to search the president's office or the former president's office um, and look for anything that's, you know, anything that they need to find there. If they see that, hey, this is actually probably privileged, you can't have that, they will keep it away. If it's not, they'll give it to the actual team investigating. They'll go through that, and again, it is signed and redacted at that point. All right, guys, that's the end of today's show. I know it was a really, really long episode, but I think we covered a lot of stuff. I think it was really important in today's episode. If if you don't share any other episode, today is the one I want you to share. Let people know. Again, I'll be releasing these things in smaller chunks so that you can maybe share them a little easier with your friends. But again, let everybody know. ZachsFactShack.com. That's the best place to find me. But I'm your host, Zach. And this has been Zach's Fact Shack. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>